Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode 229, entitled Catching Up Before E3 2021, because uh, we've been we've been gone for a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but maybe maybe your your YouTube you know, algorithms, you're like, maybe they just stopped showing these videos or maybe, you know, you're like, what happened with the whole like podcast thing? Uh, we've actually uh, been been gone for uh, for the last uh, month, but not not completely gone. We've, we've still been around, but we haven't done this podcast in a month. So there's a lot to catch up uh, for or with uh, over the uh, the last month that we've got a lot to talk about. Um, but of course, I am not here alone. My name is Steve. But uh, to join me in the discussion, as always, Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve, it's fantastic to be back. What a month. Uh, it's uh, It feels like a part of me was missing by us not coming together and, and just chatting, you know, video games. So it's awesome to be back. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, of course, also joining us is Greg. Greg, how's how's your last month been? It's been pretty good. I had some nice uh, time off, got to travel, which I know if I'd be able to do since uh, 2019. So <laughs> that's always was much appreciated and definitely had some time to catch up on plenty of games. So it's great to be back and absolutely happy to be back. Nice. Nice. Well, as we said, uh, tonight we're going to be talking a lot about uh, all the, the news and stuff that's happened over this last month as we get ready to um, head into E3 season, which is kind of crazy because, uh, you know, we didn't have E3 last year. Um, this this little thing happened. I don't know if you knew about it. This There was a pandemic, or like global pandemic. So um, E3 got canceled last year. We had some different stuff going on, but but we actually have an E3. It, it's going to be digital this year, of course. Um, but uh, we are actually having one. So we're going to talk about the next the next two episodes. Just going to give you a heads up where we're going in the next couple episodes. Um, we're going to make some predictions next episode and kind of talk about what we're expecting about E3. And then the next one after that, uh, we're actually going to react to all the stuff that we learned about uh, at E3 2021 because we are going back to our every other week schedule. So that's just a heads up, kind of a housekeeping sort of thing. So uh, moving forward uh, for the foreseeable future, you guys uh, will expect a new episode every other week um, for, for the future. So um, we're kind of, thanks for for hanging with us when we did the uh, the every week episodes, but we are going to uh, go back to the every other week moving forward. So that's that kind of what we're, we're going to be doing moving uh, moving forward. So that's why uh, predictions next time and then reactions the, the episode after that. Um, but of course, that's not the only place for you guys to hear our thoughts. If you have not joined our Discord yet, please make sure to join our Discord because you guys can talk with us about video games anytime you want right there in Discord. And also join us on social media because if you haven't done that yet, uh, we just absolutely love for you guys to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for at Nintendo Fuse and uh, be a great way for you guys to connect with us on uh, online in between episodes. So thank you guys so much, of, of course, for joining uh, the live audience. Uh, we've got some people joining us in our chat. Uh, Jarrett is there, Jakester's there, and some other people that are chatting already. So thank you guys so much for, for joining us in the live chat. If you haven't done so yet, 
We do record on Tuesday evenings uh, at 8.30 Eastern Time uh, and then 5.30 Pacific Time. And we'd love for you guys to join in in the discussion. Anything that we talk about, we'd love to know what your thoughts are. And uh, and yeah, you're just kind of that that fourth member of our podcast team is our, is our live chat. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and uh, share this with other Nintendo fans that are out there. But uh, with all that being said, let's jump into what we have been playing. And uh, I know we do have a month to talk about. So uh, what have you guys been playing over this last month? Also, of course, let us know in the chat what you guys have been playing. Also in the comments later, uh, let us know as, as well. So uh, Barry, what have you been up to over this last month? Wow, this this month was a uh, was a busy month. It was, it was, I didn't expect it to be as busy because I, I really was like, ah, you know, I'm between marathons and, you know, there weren't big releases. So, uh, that's going to be pretty, pretty easy. And, uh, I started off with Animal Crossing, still doing that, uh, getting my points daily from the Switch app and then, uh, you know, getting the items in game and just doing some daily stuff, nothing big, but more maintenance. Uh, last time I was still playing Hades and, uh, I went through a couple more runs. I beat it three times. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it just got to the point where I'm like, all right, I feel like I don't want to continue anymore. Like, I'm sure there's more story going through, but I got it three times. You know, I'm, I'm feel pretty confident in, in enjoying the game and I feel like I got my money's worth. It is a great game. Uh, I also started playing The Longing, which we will be discussing more in detail in a little bit, so I won't go into that further. Uh, Blue Fire, which was a game done like like Hades for the Playcast I'm on, uh, which is a 3D third-person action-adventure open-world game similar to Zelda, and uh, where it has like little shrines, which are like the uh, like which which are like platforming puzzles. They're like uh, 3D platforming arenas that are very similar to the shrines in Breath of the Wild or the, the vaults in uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising. And uh, it's it's a cool world. Uh, if you like those style games, you might enjoy it. However, be prepared to be lost. The game doesn't tell you where to go. And you can easily go quite far without getting necessary uh, you know, abilities and have to backtrack. And there's no map. So it's, it is a little daunting there. Um, for my personal shot, what I wanted to do, because we were getting a sequel this year, I figured for a nice little mini marathon, I'd do The World Ends With You. Uh, so I did The Final Mix, which is the one on Switch. And I really enjoyed the story. I absolutely hated the combat. I know on the DS, it was a really cool touchscreen and using the, the D-pad, like top-bottom combat. On the Switch, combat is hot garbage. If you are playing it docked, which is what I started to do, you have to use a Joy-Con, and only a Joy-Con, one singular Joy-Con, and you have to point to the screen and tap what you want to, you know, you know, hit and drag and go like this. And I felt like I was playing a bad Wii game. Like, it just <laughs> felt terrible to the point that I actually took my Switch off the dock and played the rest of it handheld, where I figured I can, you know, use my left hand to move with the analog stick while the right hand I would use the stylus. Oh, no, no, no. Because when you take a handheld, all controls stop and it's 100% stylus. So instead of going like this, I'm going like this, you know, just like scraping along the, with the stylus because I actually got a stylus or my fingers. My fingers were like red at parts because it was like friction. 
I was like, oh my god, am I gonna you know just trying to beat some bosses? I beat it the game. Me, it reminds me of uh, like early iPhone days and like, yes. the games that were out there. Like, how can how fast can you unroll this digital piece of toilet paper? People just like yes. like this the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so the game is definitely not optimized for the Switch because it, it did involve two screens originally. However, the story is really cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad I played it, and I am looking forward to the sequel. I would probably recommend you play the D DS original even without the HD visuals. But if the Switch is the only thing you have and you want to give it a try, you know, by all means do it. I mean, I did it myself. Uh, the next game I did after that, I was I was going to start a marathon. And I was like, everyone keeps telling me you like visual novels. You need to play World End Syndrome. So I'm like, all right. And this is one of those cases where I actually got the digital version. And I got the digital version because I have the physical. It only came out in Japan and Europe. I have the European. And I was going to open it. But I'm like, did, I, did this ever come out in America? And upon checking it, I realized the physical version is now $150 to $200. And I'm like, holy crap. What's it digitally? 10 bucks? Okay. I'm going to buy it digitally. Uh, it's a case of video games just skyrocketing out of nowhere. Um, but it is a visual novel. It's a very open-ended visual novel. Really cool mystery. Really cool story. It is, however, probably the worst visual novel to play without a guide. Because I played, and I didn't, didn't use a guide, and I was like, things are great, and then I got the worst ending. I'm like, how did I get the worst ending? And apparently, you have to play this game five times to get the truth, and five different endings. And in order, the reason you need a guide is pretty much you get a map of like, here's all these places in this town you can go every day. You get three times a day. You get morning, you get afternoon, night. And in order to get each of the endings, you need to follow a character with five different characters you can follow. And you, you see their lives and you see their truths. And, and each time it reveals a little bit more about the truth of the mystery going on because it's a mystery novel. But the problem is, is these characters are in one of those locations. But you don't know unless you've previously seen it. And if like you've seen it on another playthrough, it'll pop up and let you know this character's here. But if you don't know, it's all trial and error every time. Let me go here. Nope. Reload. Let me go here. Reload. I didn't feel like doing that. Use a guide. Just enjoy the story. It's a great story. I recommend it for that reason, but use a guide. Uh, the next Playcast game we did, which uh, was Return One Way Trip, which we just recorded that one. That one's like a 16-bit Maniac Mansion style um, spooky game, but involving like time travel and and like like hauntings, but it's not like terribly scary. You can't die. It's a lot of puzzles, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, my biggest problem with that is that in order to get the whole story, you need to play the sequel, which isn't out yet. They literally don't tell you everything you need to know. All the questions they ask you in, in the game don't get resolved. So that's a little bit of a, a nitpick, but it is a fun adventure if, if the point and click style game is your thing. Uh, and then finally on the Switch, I am currently playing Savage Halloween, which is our next playcast game. It is a 2D run-and-gun uh, style game where uh, you play different Halloween characters and like the story is like the, the Halloween, like, almost like if you think uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, like Halloween Town comes out every Halloween and they decide, you know what, screw it, we're going to stay out now. And you got to like shoot them and try and stop them and put them back to Halloween Town. It's not a scary game. Uh, the levels are long and they're very varied. Like one level, you're like a shmup. Another one, it's like Battle Toads, where you're on the jet pike, you know, trying to dodge uh, the, the the walls and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool. The Turbo Tunnel levels, and 
it's it's a lot of varied uh, type of gameplay. So that's a kind of cool game on the Switch. Um, my Max Marathon, which I actually did start uh, on the PS4, is the Danganronpa series. Uh, so I did the first game, Trigger Happy Havoc. Uh, for those that don't know, this is also a visual, like a first-person visual novel-style game where you and 14 other students are trapped in a school, and you live out in the school, and the only way out of the school is you have to, somebody has to kill somebody and then get away with it. So when somebody inevitably gets killed, you have to go around and look at clues and analyze the body, analyze the crime scene. And then you get into like this Phoenix Wright style class trial where you're like, you know, figuring out what evidence to present and how to present it and going against your classmates to try and find the mystery of who truly murdered. And as you're solving these cases, you also start to unravel the secret of why you're stuck in this school and why you're asked to kill each other uh really fun really awesome definitely worth playing and now i'm actually on the sequel dankenrapa 2 goodbye despair uh which is crazy uh, i just started it it's 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 similar and different at the same time um and i'm looking forward to seeing how crazy the series gets because they it's like fourth wall breaking and it is murder mystery and you know very adult but awesome and i would love to see these games come to the switch Outside of that, on the PC, I'm still doing Final Fantasy XIV. We just had the FanFest uh, this past week, so a lot of people coming back, a lot of people excited for the next expansion, and the uh, next patch actually drops uh, next week, so it's going to be uh, a lot more playing that game, and I'm getting back into it as the new expansion is, is around the corner. And on mobile, still doing Dragalia Lost. The Fire Emblem stuff just came back, uh, which is great for those that missed it. And Maricar Tour, I'm still having fun racing and trying to trying to take first place in each of these cups. Nice. Nice. I still get notifications from Mario Kart tour, but I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're asking you, please come back. They keep telling me like, and, new, we've dropped new things all the time. Why don't you join us? I'm like, eh, yeah. <laughs> and if you notice in all my games, I didn't say new Pokemon snap because I got it. And I was, my, my wife was like, Oh, maybe I'll play it. I was all right. You could play it. And I was debating getting into it. And I decided to do World End Syndrome first and then into Danganronpa. So I'll get to it eventually, but it, it didn't, it wasn't enough to pull me away from those other games. So I have it. I just haven't gotten to it. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go to the chat real quick. And uh looks like people are excited that we're back. Uh, and then um, Jakester said Xenoblades is new addiction. Uh, so I know that uh, you guys have been talking a lot about that in the, uh, the discord recently. Uh, Jared said that he's been playing uh, Pokemon Snap uh, for almost a week straight. And uh, let's see. Other than that, he also played uh, Returnal on and off. And uh, Jakester said he finished Tales of Vesperia, started Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on Chapter 7, just started uh, still playing FGO and Genshin Impact, and tried Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, also watched the movie. Uh, Jakester, was this the first time you'd seen the movie? as well let us know um i've not seen the movie in such a long time I, I watched it i think when it first came out but i haven't i haven't watched it i probably need to go back so and good. watch it again at some point uh it is it's a fun movie uh for sure and uh but i haven't played the game he said the game really just screams multiplayer um it's fun but it's very hard in a single player game uh did the demo of world ends club and really enjoyed it uh and then jared also says uh barry keeps 
pulling ahead of me in the Mario Kart tour. So I guess you're competing with Jared out there because you're not competing with me because uh, I haven't touched it <laughs> yeah. forever. You're, yeah, you're beating Jared me every always, week. See, Jared and I are always sending coins, and so you, we see each other. And I watch Jared's progress, but I don't. I purposely don't do the the courses for the cup until towards the end of the cup just to see how everyone else's places so i know what my goals are so i I figure people are like looking on their friends list and seeing me at the bottom like is he still playing Mm -hmm. and like the next day boom like i'm I'm at the top (laughs) nice nice uh jake said was the first time watching the movie uh very good but over the top yeah nice uh jesse glenn says that he completed little town hero and uh so extremely good that's cool. I heard a lot of things about Little Town Hero. Good, uh, good things about Little Town Hero, um, but never actually played it myself. So. Uh, all right, cool. Well, Greg, what have you been up to over this last month? Well, thankfully, I don't need to go on like super long discussions because a lot of these games have been out for quite an extended period of time. So, um, pretty much, Animal Crossing has just been on life support, just kind of logging in every once here and there. Um, finally got around to cleaning up some weeds and doing that kind of very low maintenance stuff, like we're doing that like on the airplane. Um, still doing like some of the mini events and stuff. I just realized that the museum thing's going on again. I did the May Day was the last day that I walked in, which was over a week ago. So that was really fun to do that again. That was one of my favorite things last year. Um, then also playing The Longing, which me and Barry will be discussing a little bit more in detail later. Um, I did finally complete my goal of 100%ing Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, that includes the jump rope uh, moons that were very insane. So um, I found there was like a glitch that you can just stand on like top of the letter, letter R from like that Mario sign and it just keeps counting that you're jumping even though you're just standing on top of the letter. So yeah, that's, <laughs> you see my record, it's not, Legit, unfortunately. But <laughs> sometimes you gotta yeah. do to get the moons. <laughs> but yeah, I did see like the true ending to beat the darker side and got the triple one at the very top. That was quite an interesting gauntlet. I usually like those gauntlet challenges like from like Mario Galaxy 2 and stuff. So like, that was very fun to go through with all the different captures that you use throughout the game. Uh also still playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with my daughter, so we're still doing some like, online modes here and there, just me versus her, and the races are battle, so that's still kind of fun to be playing that. Um, newer entry to the list, at least in the terms of the podcast, I um, replayed Dragon Quest 1, or Dragon Warrior 1 for anyone that played on the NES. Um, I really, that was one of my favorite series, and I already had played it forever ago, and it's been at least... 15, 20 years since I've played that game. So it was kind of fun to go through and remember a lot of the stuff that goes through there. I know the Switch version has like updated visuals and also like extra story pieces and stuff. And they've also tuned the experience in gold to make it more manageable than the very original if you played the NES part. So I actually did start it and fully beat it. So I didn't get the last level up the character to the highest level or anything, but I just did beat the Dragon Lord and stuff that um actually been playing 3ds over the time off so um this is going back to the ambassador games i'm playing sacred stones um fire emblem so i was kind of interested to kind of see the story if there's been a number of heroes added to fire emblem heroes from sacred stones I'm like hey i kind of 
don't really remember the story. Maybe I'll go through and replay that. So I'm still in the early phases, so I'm in chapter five or so, but we'll be plugging away at that over the coming weeks. And then a game we got from the library for my daughter, we got Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, the 3DS version. So I had it on Wii U and did 100% of there. And then like during the few like days that we played it, we practically did the same thing on 3DS. So um, didn't quite finish like the Toadette stuff, but at least the original Captain Toad stuff was completed that I had done on Wii U. So that wraps up uh, 3DS. Mobiles, as I mentioned earlier, still doing Fire Emblem Heroes, so maintained interest and in still uh, plugging away and scoring high in uh, arena and arena ether raid modes. And then one or more of the up and coming one, especially over when we were on vacation, was Super Mario Run. My daughter really got me more fascinated back into that, so I've been breaking some of Barry's and Steve's high scores for coins and stuff. Um, still quite a ways away from getting the all the rewards from the stuff you can buy because I didn't do the Toad Rally as much when I mm. played it back when it launched. But So I'm still ranked kind of lower between you guys on that level, but there are some levels that I have the record on on the friends list, so you always check that out if you're interested in single Toads you lost. again at some point. <laughs> it's been so long since I played that game. I know. So yeah, I've been even trying to do some of the daily toad rallies just to get the my Nintendo points as well. So like really kind of trying to help complete it. So I'm plugging away with that. Daughter did uh, beg me to re-download Mario Kart Tour. Um, I haven't played it, but she might have logged in. If you see my account logged in, it's her playing it, not me. I gave up on it for foreseeable future. And yeah, Pokemon Go is kind of in the same situation. If it's on, she's just kind of catching a few Pokemon here and there, and we're in different locations. And that's uh, pretty much all I've been doing the last uh, month or so. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, so I have been playing um, <laughs> two games the entire <laughs> month, last month. Um, one <laughs> game a whole lot more than the other. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll let you take a guess which game that is. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Rocket League, um, which is one thing that I've really enjoyed over the last month, uh, having a little little extra time and uh, have dedicated a lot of, of time uh, to Rocket League and solely playing on Xbox uh, because now that I look at it on <laughs> Switch, I it looks like garbage and I can't, I can't like not see it. Cause I, and on Xbox you get an HDR and it's like definitely a 60 frames per second. Um, all the time. I, I would love to play it on, on PC, but I just don't have the opportunity, um, to be able to run it at that kind of really high frame rates. But I've been playing a lot of rocket league and, uh, actually did hit the next rank up. So, um, I did hit diamond, um, which I had been wanting to do for a long time. And so, uh, yeah, I hit that, um, and I uh, was pretty excited um, to to yeah be ranked up to to diamond and um, and then I I played with some other people that were absolute bad teammates and um, I'll just blame it on them um, because you know why not and uh, yeah didn't ended up 
ranking down and had to go back up again and everything. But that's that's just the that's just the the game um, part of that. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of Rocket League and also did play some more uh, Pac-Man '99. In fact, it's the only game that I that I played on Switch. Um, and uh, the only reason that I turned my Switch on for the entire last month uh, was Pac-Man 99, and I'm really enjoying it. I, I, uh, yeah, I've spent a lot more time just like trying to grind and try to learn the different uh, attacks that you can use and and that sort of thing, and and also just trying to stay alive. I've not I've not won a game yet. I think the highest I've gotten is ranked 15th. Um, so still quite a ways away from from first place, but uh, but I love the fact that like any of those games like Tetris 99, um, Mario 35 was very similar to this. It just you know you lose, you get back into a game within usually within like 30 seconds, you're back into another game and uh, try it again. So like sometimes you make stupid decisions, like uh, like I've lost within the first. 30 to 45 seconds sometimes because I just made it was like, ah, oh, shoot, there was a ghost there. Why in the world did I turn that direction? Um, but you can be back into another game, you know, within sometimes even like 10, 15 seconds, um, depending on how how fast you connect with other players. So that's been fun just to like really try to learn how to play that game better. And I think it, it might be one that I that I do pick up more and more. I think I said that on the last episode that that's uh, that it might be one of the Battle Royale games that that does pull me in because I do like Pac-Man a lot. Um, and I think this this might be one I, I don't think I'll ever be, you know, uh, top of the leaderboards all the time. But but I'm going to I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can actually get um at least one first place game. I've never been able to do that in Tetris 99 and I was never able to do it in Super Mario 35 either. Um, sorry, sorry, Jesse and Chad, I did refer to, uh, to, to Mario 35. Um, he said, hashtag Mario 35 too soon. Um, and uh, Jakester also said, yeah, he's been playing a lot of different uh, games, so I'm not alone as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, now we're going to move into a, a little uh, a thing we started on our last episode. Uh, um, if you guys are, are following us on our uh, our YouTube channel, uh, you've noticed that over the last several years, we we have uh, a series that we call Game Chats, and we are able to uh, just kind of look at a at a game from a, a discussion based kind of review rather than just um, reviewing it straight up. And so um, we're going to start to incorporate those more in our podcast. Um, also break them out as a, as a separate video on our YouTube channel. So if you just want to get that, you can. Um, but we're also going to put those, kind of incorporate those a little bit more in our in our podcast as well. And so uh, Barry and Greg uh, got an opportunity to, to check out a game called The Longing. So I'll pass it off to them and they'll talk about their experience with, uh, with this game. So you guys can take it away. Sure. Uh, so Greg and I both got codes for the longing uh, shortly after the last podcast that we did, and we said, "Hey, let's let's do this game for uh, for the next episode that we we do, and uh, let's check it out because uh, we'll be talking a little bit about it later as well in the uh, discussion about the uh, Nindy Direct, but." Uh, this was an intriguing one for, for me, and I think it was, you know, Greg, I think you felt the same. Uh, and the story of the longing, for those that don't know, is you are a shade. The, your, your king has tasked you with waiting 400 days to wake him up. And you are in your cave, and you have legit 400 real-time days. And you can do whatever you want. 
you could explore, you can do nothing. You can literally turn on the game, then turn it off, wait 400 real life days, turn it back on, and uh, you beat the game. <laughs> or you can explore the caves and see what kind of secrets are there. And uh, Greg, how have you done? How, are, you, are you done or are you still exploring? What have you done in these 400 days? Well, I haven't hit the end of the 400 days, but um, I haven't really done like the top part of the thing where you go through the one door. So like that was like my first, I would say like a hard stop spot was like, oh, there's a door and it takes two hours to open. So then curiously, I was just like, I wonder if this game handles time travel. So like I fast forward to switch two hours, boom, it, like it's done. So I was like, well, guess we'll see what else is coming before I dedicate work to that. So um, I haven't had resort to that at all, but then I never wound up going to see what's beyond the door. So and I think it's a few rooms north of the room that's on video screen right now. So um, I haven't really explored that way, but I have gone with both sides, like all the way to both ends. So like one way leads to the library and I was able to get inside there after waiting it's a month's time for that little ravine to fill up with water that's on screen right now. So I did um, be able to explore that and got a number of books. There's also like another route where you can like fall down onto some moss and there's like a big crystal cavern on the other side that I went and even spent today uh, mining out one of the crystals just to kind of say that, like, hey, I did it. And so I got that. It took me a little while to find a Maddox item. That was one of the last items that I actually got and took a number of uh, days before I actually found it. Um, overall, I think the game is pretty interesting, at least like the way from the story perspective, but I think it's a little slow paced, at least for me. Um, the walking speed seems like horrendously slow, but it definitely reminds me of some of the mobile gotcha games where it's like, oh, you can do this job for whatever, eight hours, and then you get whatever 15 in-game currency and whatever like that so this game definitely reminded me of that because it was just like oh you have to wait two weeks for this to fill up with water or moss to grow down there or whatever the different situation is so it definitely had that feel to it and i felt like the shade moved very slow in comparison to like the time that you spend on these other events so i think that's kind of what pushed me back from trying to explore too far because then um, even though there is a fast mode to go back to your um, room and sit in your chair, but then even then it feels like you take like five minutes just to like walk all the way back down because it was really long stairwells past like the king's statue where he's sleeping. And mm -hmm. it just feels like it takes like way too long just to really get anywhere. So that was one of the biggest drawbacks for me. Um, did you have anything... Did you want to cover before I jump into some other stuff that I've done? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, <clears throat> unlike you, I actually have beaten this game. Um, I have, there's, there's multiple endings to this game, first off. Um, there's range from, you know, terrible endings like a suicide. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of other ones until the 400 days. Uh, so I beat the 400 day version and I didn't time travel. So you're like, how did you do it? It hasn't been 400 days. Well, there's a way to do it. Um, so you have a house, you have a, your room. And in your room, the more you decorate it, the faster time moves in your room. 
<clears throat> so if you find paper and you find some chalk, different colored chalk, you can draw pictures. The more pictures you have, the faster time will start moving. If you build a bed, you know, and you get the manic and you expand your room, the faster. You, the, you know, if you get crystals, you, you higher harvest the crystals, the more crystals you have, the faster time moves. So after a certain period of time, I think it was like 20 seconds or 25 seconds per real life second in my, you know, in my room. So I just left myself there to finish. Um, I think the concept is fantastic. I think when you're first venturing out, it's this world is so big. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to get lost. Um, it does have a fast travel where you can pretty much snapshot where you are and you can always tell yourself to go back there. But by fast travel, it means your shade is going to walk there and your shade does not walk fast as Greg alluded to because you have 400 days. What's the rush? Um, so there are a bunch of things to do to start triggering um, such as a stalagmite falling, which takes like a week and the, the water filling up, which takes a month and the door, which is two, two uh, hours and a bunch of stuff like that. Um, you have to really explore and, and see what kind of puzzles you want to do. Like there's a spider web that takes a while. There's mushrooms you have to grow. And there's a lot to truly see. Uh, and there's hidden stuff too. So there's a hidden door that appears like every midnight. Um, and it's one of those things where you uh, you have to get to the door. But if you just find the door, you can't get in unless you have a key. And in order to get the key, you got to find the secret tower, which is like all the way in the top of the map. And then you have to wait specifically at uh, 21 hours for a pelican to come over and land in a nest to drop the key for you to get it. Like there's a lot of these time-specific puzzles so you really have, and you don't have to do any of it. Like I said, you could just leave the game on. Uh, there's just a lot of adventures to do. There's a endless corridor. Um, it's eternity. And it's, you know, the, those games where like, this is an endless staircase, like Mario 64, for example, you can run up for an hour in Mario 64's endless staircase and then turn around and you're at the bottom of the stairs. In this game, the pathway of eternity, if you go an hour to the right, you have to go an hour to the left to get out of there. <laughs> like you you don't just instantly get out but there's stuff to find there's decorations there's carpets and shades and uh and uh you know different things to get which is cool there's books there's a lot of books you could find the books have real world uh books like moby dick you can read moby dick there's like 40 something books uh one of them is a book that never ends it's literally like thirty thousand pages of the same thing over and over and over uh, one of them is a book on moss carpet. And if you get that, you can actually make carpets out of moss if you have moss. Uh, and another one is that you started start with is called Thoughts. And what's cool about Thoughts is not only does it give you your inventory, but it gives you some stuff like, like, oh, I've never explored this area. Oh, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this. And as you do things in the game, it starts crossing them off. So it's like, oh, I haven't explored this cave, and then it crosses off. I've explored a good chunk of this cave and it's crossed off. I've explored about half the cave, you know, et cetera, until it's, I've explored everything. Uh, it's really cool that it gives you those kind of like, and they're, they're hidden. It's, if you don't click that book, you'll never see it. But it kind of gives you that a little mini objective, like, can I cross off everything in this book? Uh, which is awesome because there's a lot of cool hidden things. And I think my biggest problem is, as awesome as these things are, there's just not enough. Like I got bored 
from doing everything. Like I literally did everything and some of the stuff was just waiting time for something else to happen. But I feel like they could have done more with this concept with it being 400 days. Like if it was like 200 days, maybe less, maybe it would work. But with 400 days, I feel like there should have been more to do, more to collect, more to see. Um, but that's just me. I, there's, a, there's still a ton to do, and I, I do recommend you try it. Uh, Greg, why don't you go on and continue with what you were saying? Yeah, I did go down that um, endless corridor for, like, I think, a good 10, 15 minutes, and I found like, eight books and a bunch of paper, and that was kind of interesting that all that stuff was there. There was also that horse head thing. That was pretty cool to actually find that. Um, I don't know how farther I could have went. I know there was a guy on YouTube that was going there for like hours, like going through there and never reached like an end. And I don't know how many books you can actually get from that endless corridor, but um, I think I got the ones you could get. Um, going to the library was pretty cool, but I really thought there'd be a lot more books there. So, <laughs> I, Well, there is like, actually, there's a hidden thing in the library where when you finally get to the library, um, you have to wait like it's like a hundred days or something, and you go back, and the ceiling actually collapses, and there's more books that will be there. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, more wait and stuff. Um, I have like all this paper, and every time I draw something, it just replaces the existing thing. So I don't know how I get more drawings, and so I didn't really play around with that. Um, I only harvested one of the red crystals just to be able to say that I'd done it. Um, then I was. I alluded to earlier, I harvested one of like, the blue crystals like in the special area that seemed like it took forever to Har do as well. Harvest them all. Harvest them all and put them all in your room. The time will go faster. Yeah, so I'm like down to like 330 some days before the king will wake up. So <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'll still play because I feel like it takes forever just to harvest things and to do all the time puzzles and I don't know, it just gets kind of boring, as you were kind of saying, because it's a lot of waiting and not really playing the game. That's kind of where I draw the line where it's kind of like a gotcha game, because it's like, oh, you just open up the game, tap a couple times, and it's like reset everything for the next whatever, eight hours or 12 hours or whatever the time segment is and resume. But this is like days, so it's like if you're not in your house, then it's real-world time, so... I don't know how long it takes to harvest the crystals or how many hours or days it is, but it certainly feels like it's a, almost an eternity just to harvest those. And then you're not really making a ton of progress on the main timer when you're not in your house. So um, I still have to explore the top of the tower and go up that way. But I don't know. It's just hard to keep my attention when the game is kind of telling me to go do other things. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Like that's what I'm saying. Like there's so many, there's so many things you want to do, but not only does a lot of it take time, which is fine, but you start to run out of things. And like I said, there's there's different endings you can get. And I will say that after beating the the ending, it uh, it was kind of was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> I hate to say it. Like I feel like there should have been more. But the cool thing is there is something. So the, ga the game is designed to be a one-time thing. It's designed to be a one and done. However, when you beat the game, there is, if you wait on the screen, it will literally tell you um, you can go back and change like, back in time. And if you do that, 
um, it resets back before like you wake the king, uh, so you can then continue to play. Because so when it hits, uh, when it hits zero 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 zero, the game doesn't just stop. You can continue playing and explore. That's good to know, and look forward to if I decide to load up the game in like four hundred days, <laughs> just to see like, oh, did I beat the game yet? But, yeah, so that was kind of the main feelings I had towards it. it can be pretty fun if you're kind of into like slower paced games. Is this a lot like you were saying? It's definitely a lot of waiting, and um, obviously, if you're like in your house, like the, the time passes by much faster. But then it's also like if you want to explore, sometimes you might not be able to go certain directions because you have to wait whether it be a week or a day or a few hours. Uh, might not be willing to wait and if it's telling you to go play a different game you might actually not <laughs> want to come back if you get more into the other game where you can, you're not stopped by those kind of constraints so yeah it is a uh, solid game it's lots of fun stories and um i definitely appreciate getting like the picking up like those diaries of sadness or whatever they were <laughs> like when you like reach a dead end like i'm now disappointed times one <laughs> I don't know how many yeah, they're actually are, but I have... for those. Okay, so yeah, I found at least five of them. I don't know how many there are, but it was that did find humor in that. Like, I just walked up all these stairs, got one thing of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot so, of good humor in the game. There's like you have a you have a fireplace in your house, so you can light coal and make a fire. And if you do that, while the fire is burning, you actually like an extra, like I think five seconds comes off every second, which is cool. But you could also mine sulfur. So if you decide to make a fire out of sulfur, if anyone who's ever smelled a sulfur fire knows that it smells like ass, like it's just terrible. And that happens in the longing and your shade will literally go to the farthest point away from your house automatically. He will just bye like, like get up and leave which is hilarious and i love that they did things like that uh, yeah i haven't really played around too much in the, like, the home to find the sulfur yet so as i was saying like that maddock took me what felt like an eternity to find because i must have been going everywhere where it was not so <laughs> there's actually four maddox believe it or not yeah i thankfully found um all the music pieces that was like the one of the first things i did and then i still haven't really found all the colors yet either so i don't know where those are i think i've only found like red and maybe like one other color but you got to explore stuff is really well yeah it's really well hidden obviously <laughs> so yeah you definitely have to be paying yeah. attention when there's like a little notification like oh we pick up something and normally it's He's a cool, I'll add it to my brother. So like, it's <laughs> kind of cool, one of those cool humorous elements to it as well. So now what uh, you, uh, what, what do you, would you recommend? Would you recommend this game to somebody who's, who might be thinking about picking this up? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a lot of adventure and story elements to it. And it's, I would definitely think it's worth like, the price tag, the $15. Um, there's definitely a lot of game there and you can, easily get that much entertainment out of it if you're willing to sit through the different wait times for the different areas that you need to go through. Stuff I'm going to agree. Go I back to if you're dedicated. I think this is an experience. I think that 
if you like different games, slow moving games, not, you know, high action, uh, especially if you have a family, my wife was literally watching and like living vicariously. Like she named the shade and was like, Oh yeah, let's go here. Let's go here. And was kind of like taking part in it like every day, but like, what's he up to today? What's he up to today? So like, I think, I think as a family game, it could be a lot of fun too, just to explore. But uh, I think as an experiment, it's cool. I'm glad it's on the Switch. I'm glad I was able to play it. So thank you to the developers for providing a code. And um, yeah, I think this is something, if this, if this whole thing sounds cool, if this sounds up your alley, I think you should give it a shot. Yeah, I would definitely have to do it. Cool, cool. Right. Well, I'll be uh, probably, I, I actually mentioned to these guys before uh, that I uh, also received a, a code as well. So um, I'm looking forward to, to checking it out as well. Um, interesting, the things that, that stood out to me is the, that the, the pacing of it. Um, is kind of the big thing that stood out to me. It was like, can I take that pacing? Um, so I'll be interested to see see what I think about that as well, because um, it seemed uh, seems like that could be a, a game like a deal breaker uh, for some people. But I thought that too, and yeah. it just became endearing. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a definitely a different to... type of game, though. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. It's definitely that different type because you wouldn't expect like a mobile type experience with all that time waiting to be on Switch. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there is other things you can do. I mean, all you have to do is just trigger the initial event and then you can go off and explore a completely different area. You don't have to mm -hmm. turn off the system. You can set a hot point right to where you are and then you know to go back there after whatever a week or two weeks or a month, whatever the time frame was for that event. So you don't have to turn off the game, but sometimes if you're kind of annoyed by how slowly it walks, then maybe just are better off waiting the real time and out. So nice. Nice. Well, let's uh, move into some discussion around news. And we actually have two, uh, you know, more breaking news stories right now. Uh, a couple quick things before we jump into some some bigger stuff. Uh, and the the first thing is that uh, Nintendo kind of made a couple tweets. Um, actually, one is from Amiibo News. Um, but uh, we're actually getting a, a new Amiibo from Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Uh, we're going to be getting the uh, Loftwing, Zelda and Loftwing specifically, um, for a new Amiibo. Amiibo. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about this Amiibo? Like, uh, like, did you expect this to come out of? I feel like it just came out of nowhere. Um, what do you What do you think about this, Greg? I think it looks pretty neat. I mean, I really like all the different Zelda Amiibos that they've done for each of the games, and Skyward Sword is definitely a great game and well deserving of uh, another like, Amiibo. So, I'm probably gonna pick it up, but I. Be nice if there was some sort of bundle to get both that game and Amiibo together, which would really seal the deal for me. Yeah, yeah, Barry, what do you think about this one? Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm, you know, as an Amiibo fan, I I love all the Amiibos, but as a Zelda fan as well, it's just icing on the cake. Uh, just really cool that they did this, you know, with Twilight Princess, where they had the Wolf Link Amiibo. Uh, my guess, like Greg was mentioning, is there probably will be some kind of bundle. Uh, it, it's not something I expected. It's something I hoped for because Nintendo has been slowing down with Amiibo. I'm glad it's only one and not like, here's 15 right. more Amiibo, but, but it's <laughs> such a cool Amiibo and you could, you can see how detailed, like they could have even just made these two separate Amiibo and they, you know, a Loftwing and Zelda. They didn't, they gave it as one Amiibo. I think it looks fantastic. I love the, the expressions. And uh, apparently, uh, according to Jared in the chat, because I haven't 
that we're doing this, obviously I haven't had time to really look much into it. Uh, he says that the amoeba will allow you to return to the sky or uh, or to, into the world in Skyward Sword. So oh. you, one or the other. Um, that's really cool. I, I like that, you know, especially I th if I remember, it's been a long time. Like you had to go to certain points to get back up. So this is just an instant. Uh, so cool. I'm, I'm glad it's just even, even without the functionality, I think it looks amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've said this with uh, the last time they they announced Amiibo, um, but I feel like we're getting closer and closer and closer to that that original design that they gave us uh, that was like so cool. And then we got the real ones and we're like, eh, but these <laughs> these designs are actually really nice uh, lately. So this is this is awesome. Uh, and we also got uh, a tweet you from picking it up, though, Steve. Um, um, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's been it's been tough. It's uh, I don't know. It's so much. He's falling off I've the been, train. I've been spending too much of my money on the Mario Kart Hot Wheels. Is what I've been doing. I got the whole set and the stupid gliders are on them now, and uh, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yep. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to the other tweet uh, on the screen right now. We got some new games coming to uh, SNES and NES online app. Uh, for the SNES, uh, these going to be dropping on uh, May 26th. Um, SNES is going to have Super Baseball Simulator 1000, Caveman Ninja, also known as Joe and Mac, uh, Magical Drop 2, and Spanky's Quest. So four uh, games on the uh, SNES, and the NES is going to be getting Ninja Jajamara Kun. Kun? Probably Kun. Uh, Jajamara Kun. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think uh, of these games? They just dropped this information. So clearly we haven't really had a chance to uh, talk uh, to really look into it in, or anything. Um, I'll play the the video, the little trailer here uh, on the screen while we chat about it. But uh, yeah, Barry, what do you think about uh, these games being announced? I mean, the, there's no real overall universal heavy hitter in this group. Uh, Joe and Mac is the biggest one for me um, just because I remember playing Joe and Mac as a kid, you know, and I enjoyed it and it's cool to, you know, see it coming to the NES online. Um, I, I like that more obscure games are coming. I think obscure games are, are awesome. And there's a lot of hidden gems uh, that way, but it kind of feels weird without like the marquee title. And, and I, I almost feel like they've done most of their marquee titles. And I know I, mean, I could hear, I could hear Jakester in the chat type in Earthbound's not done yet. <laughs> um, and you're right. And, and Earthbound should be there. And if Earthbound's not there, that tells me that there's some other plan for Earthbound because look at how many great games are missing. And a lot of those games already on other compilations. The Mega Man games aren't there because they're on compilations. The Street Fighter games aren't there. They're on other compilations. So usually if a game is going to be on another compilation, it probably won't appear here. Um, so even Nintendo's own. So that, that kind of gives me hope that there will be uh, some kind of mother collection. But you know what? I think, I think a lot of these games could surprise people. If it's like, I've never heard of this. Eh, let me give this a shot. Why not? It's included in my membership. Uh, you know, if I play for five minutes and don't like it, then whatever. But uh, you might be surprised. You know, I, I would like to see some more of the RPGs uh, hit. Uh, it'd be really cool. But, you know, at least we're getting something. We're getting them at such a weird, random rate. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to get any new announcement before E3, of course, because the E3 is not too far away. But who knows? Maybe this might be the last SNES, NES 
grouping, and the next one might include some other consoles coming as well. Who knows? GBA. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Greg, what do you think about this? I mean, it's great that there are still more titles coming. I mean, I feel like there's you know, there's so few and far between, and obviously we'd like the quantity to be higher, but it's just have to appreciate that we're still getting some, so it could have just been like pretty much done after they said they weren't going to be doing any timely updates, but instead they're still throwing us a few every here and there, so it was really nice to see a lot of Super Nintendo games this time, and I've actually never played any four of those Super Nintendo games, and it should be interesting to give those a try out sometime on that. Um, I also never played that NES one either, so it's five new games that I've never played and probably haven't really heard of about all of them, except the Joe and Mac. I had at least heard that title before, but I've never played it. So it's great that they're there and hope we still get more to come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's some, it's cool that some of these games, like you said, lesser known games that are popping on there. I, I just still find it funny that they're they're putting games like like sports games on there, especially games that are not as good as like other ones, like because sports games have come so far since those early days. And these are these are awful. Like, I mean, I know they were cool at the time, but they're awful now in comparison, like <laughs> but if you're going to put some on there, you know, like RBI baseball, maybe something like that would be cool to have. But base, Super Baseball Simulator 1000, like, no, I'd rather play, you know, a, a modern baseball game. Like, granted, I know that's going to cost me 60 bucks, but like, I'm not going to go back and play, like, really seriously play Super Baseball Simulator 1000. Um, but games like, yeah, like what Joe about, and Mac. What about King Griffey Jr. Baseball on Super Nintendo? That was good. That that's could be Nintendo cool too. as well. Exactly. Also could be a good option. Uh, I played a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball 2 or whatever it was. But yeah, played a lot of that game. Bring that one. Not not Super Baseball Simulator 1000. <laughs> like, See, that's, I don't really play like the older NES and SNES and really 64 sports games. So they're not I good. Had never, <laughs> I had never really played Tecmo Bowl or RBI Baseball or any of those. Oh, so. come on. Tecmo Bowl and Super Bowl are fantastic games. Because you did just cheat the uh, way through it. But as soon as they start going, dipping into like 64 and GameCube, where it's like the Mario Sports titles, then those would be worth it to have older versions of those and not just have the latest version of Switch. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah, it's it's cool to to have some of these other games on there. Um, you know, I usually what I do is I, I fire it up, I, I check out the ones that I that I haven't checked out before. I'll play it for maybe two or three minutes. If it grabs me, I'll keep playing it. If not, I move on in the next title and uh and that's it. So the cool thing is they they're they're free if you pay for a Nintendo online subscription. So might as well check them out. They're coming out on May 26th. So uh, not too long. What is today? Like the 18th. So uh, week, week and a day uh, from our recording today. So, all right. Well, let's move into uh, some other big news. Uh, we, right after our last episode, uh, we had a little little thing happen uh, that, um, that we haven't talked about yet. So uh, Indie World Showcase happened on March 14th. Or sorry, April 14th, not April. March 14th, uh, April 14th, um, and uh, several games shown off. So uh, you've probably at this point had a chance to 
Um, check them all out. Some of the games have already come out, like The Longing um, has already come out and and got a chance to uh, to ch- uh, play it and everything. Some of those games dropped that day. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to rush through the the list of the games that were announced that day, and then uh, then we'll just have a, a quick chat about uh, what games stood out to us, um, anything that we're uh, especially looking forward to. So um, yeah, so let's just uh, kind of run through this list real quick. Uh, this is on Nintendo Fusion. Com. If you haven't checked that out, uh, you can see the entire list. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Road 96 uh, supposed to come out later in 2021. Aerial Knights Never Yield uh, was out or supposed to come out on May 19th, so that's tomorrow uh, as of the recording. The demo is already out. Uh, Anna Purna, Anna Purna uh, was uh, sh- or showed off uh, Last Stop, the game. Uh, it's going to be coming out in July, and Hindsight uh, is later in 2021. Ollie Ollie World comes out in the winter 2021 uh, time frame. The Longing launched that day, so we've already talked about that. Uh, there is no game. Wrong Dimension also launched that day, so you can get that. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is going to be coming out officially for the Nintendo Switch later in 2021. Chris Tales comes out on July 20th. Gensu Fuma Den Undying Moon comes out in 2022. Uh, Aztec Forgotten Gods Fall 2021. School or Skull, I'm going to say it's probably Skull, The Hero Slayer, Summer 2021, The Art of, uh, sorry, no, there's not the in it at all, it's just Art of Rally comes out in the summer as well, Labyrinth City, Pierre and the Maze Detective uh, comes out in 2021 uh, in the spring, so probably not too far from from right now, Uh, Kiwi, that's K-E-Y-W-E. Uh, supposed to come out in August of this year. Weaving Tides comes out in May 2021. Uh, the House of the Dead remake later in 2021. Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights, 20, uh, June 21st of 2021. Beasts of Maraville Valley. Sorry, not Valley at all. I don't know what I'm reading. Beasts of Maravilla <laughs> Island. <laughs> I, I'm just making up my own names for these games. A Beasts of Maravilla Island comes out on June 2021. Fez came out that day uh, back in April. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals comes out sometime in 2021. And they all also announced a big sale uh for all those indie titles um some of them are still on sale some of them uh the the sale is already over so yeah quite a quite a bit of games uh announced i can't remember the the exact total on all those games uh lots of different types of games that was the one thing that kind of stood out for me for for this indie world direct uh where there's a lot of different types of games which is actually kind of cool because that's that's one of the things that i was hoping for and i mentioned in the last podcast was uh i was hoping they were going to kind of explore all these different uh types of, of games and genres and stuff like that even if they don't jump out to me to like get right away it's cool to see all the different stuff that that all these indie developers are making so uh greg what were what were your thoughts about uh this and what games stood out to you well i was definitely very glad like you were saying there's definitely varieties that's definitely there's something for hopefully just about everyone on this list especially if you're not really following a lot of these indie developers and it's great they all like were able to have something to show and I really do appreciate that with all the indie world things that they've done during this pandemic time, because it feels like they're really loaded with lots of variety. So 
Um, there's some of these that I definitely need more um, things on, but at least one of the ones that set up to me was like, there is no game. It just looked like it was kind of fun, like a little adventure game that was going through there. And I kind of like those little adventure story-like games. So that was definitely like one of the main ones that like stood out. And I think there's probably a number of other ones that I've been trying to find in the video, but I didn't have the time to thoroughly prepare because it's been such a while since I watched the presentation. So those are at least the main things that come off that are easily discussable right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Barry, what'd you think of, uh, of this one? Yeah, I thought this also had a good chunk of variety. Uh, some titles did stand out to me, uh, the longing, which we did talk about, uh, obviously turtles, uh, very excited for turtles, uh, Chris tales, uh, one that is getting a physical release looks really cool. Uh, Getsu Fuma Dur looks fantastic. And that is actually Konami, which is awesome. It's also an NES, a remake of an NES game that we never got, or I should say a Famicom game we never got. Uh, it's nice to see them going back into their old catalog and actually giving us games, but it looks beautiful. Um, those are the biggest house that did remake out of nowhere. This is another Sega remake that we're getting. There's been so many... Uh, that just recently that that have just like Sega's almost like here take our IP and just keep making them and it's also another Saturn remake uh, you know Panzer Dragoon another one was a you know Saturn remake and it, it's great to see great to see these games getting new life uh, House of the Dead you know had a good good chunk of games on the Wii um, but if you remember the first game never got it so it's cool to see the first one coming back Fez. Uh, a game I remember playing on the 360 on the live arcade. A really cool 2D slash 3D uh, kind of like rotating platformer. Um, that uh, really shocked me because like the, the creator got super mad or something like that. And like gone, like I'm not doing anything with the game. I'm done programming. I'm done putting things out. I don't, some, some kind of blow up. Uh, so to see that actually come back is awesome. And on the Switch... Uh, and and I've heard a lot of good things about Oxen Free. I've never played it, but I've seen a lot of people get super excited for Oxen Free too. Uh, didn't do anything for me, but I'm so happy for those that uh, that are looking forward to that. And maybe one of these days I'll try the first one. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys as well. Like uh, nothing like really stood out to me except for Turtles. Like uh, it was so cool to. I was hope we were you know, we were hoping that that game would be uh, officially announced for for the switch and uh really cool to to see that that it definitely is um and and that was really the the thing that that to this day it still stands out to me when i think of, of this event um oxen free same uh fez all those other the games that that seem cool but uh but definitely it was it was turtles that was the one that uh that kind of just still stands out and uh what i'm really yeah, looking forward to playing the most. Um, but but yeah, there as the, as these other games roll out, um, I might end up checking out other games as well. I I, th I do think Oxenfree is one of the ones that I that I have been looking at for a while and like eh, where should I try it out? Um, maybe I'll just jump into the second one. Um, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I think it was really cool to have the variety. Um, also looks like, uh, Jakester says that he doesn't remember any of them outside of TMNT, uh, and my hype for it has kind of died after trying out Scott Pilgrim. So, um, that's interesting. Is it, uh, cause I know the, the, the guys behind, uh, the new turtles game are behind like streets of the new streets of rage. Um, were they also behind, uh, 
Scott Pilgrim as well, or is that just a kind of a, a beat him up so. connection that he's making? I think it's a beat him up connection. Okay. Yeah, I, that's like even another that's like a property. Yeah. No, Rage Four, you know, <laughs> it's so cool. I'm in here coming back. Right. right. Yeah. Even though I absolutely love the turtles, I'm still unsure on like this one because I've never really enjoyed the second one on and on the NES, which is this one's kind of like spiritual successor. I always really liked the first one much more. Which is the more difficult oh one? God, you are. Absolutely, <laughs> like hate it. I'm really we're breathing that. You are. We need an entire <laughs> podcast episode yeah. for me to dive into your brain of why you like Turtles One, but you didn't like Turtles Two. What That's about Turtles Three or Four or Five? I don't think I've played Four or Five, and I don't really remember a lot of Three. I know I definitely had it rented, but whoa, you never played <laughs> Turtles in Time or Hyperstone Heist. Uh, no. Oh wait! Forget oh Xenoblade. Tur- play some Turtles in Time. <laughs> <laughs> Intervention. Intervention. Yes. yes. It's a whole lot shorter. <laughs> right, very good. And I the combat system is so much better than Xenoblade. You just hit a button. <laughs> attack! 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 <laughs> See, the main thing with like Turtles Two is just like it. You just like, the enemies just seem like they were way overpowered. It's like I like because, attack, but then they'd always like hit through me or get behind me and like, hurt me, and then I could never make it past like, third level because was an arcade kept game, killing me. And arcade games are designed to kill you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's just about pumping more games. You're just fine on the arcade, but <laughs> turtles games felt it was impossible. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Even though uh, the first one is supposedly really hard, but I, you know, I can beat the Technodrome and. Shredder and stuff with that one. But. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, Hello, Gareth. Well no one <laughs> likes playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Turtles 1 until Turtles 2 came out. Like, then I realized, oh, I can have that arcade experience at home, even though, like, it doesn't look exactly as, as good. I, I didn't care. I could play Turtles 2 at home. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Turtles of Time. Fantastic. You should definitely play that game. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on uh, to uh, another announcement that was uh, a little more recent. Um, we've got a <laughs> this. This is something else that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, Greg, tell us about this game builder garage thing that Nintendo announced. Yeah. So completely out of the field. No one would have ever really seen it coming. It's I guess the spiritual successor to Mario Maker. So if they want us building their own video games now, not just certain levels. So um, yeah, there's this game builder game builder garage app that they'll be releasing for thirty dollars, a little bit right around E3 time. I think either right before or like immediately following. I don't, don't remember the exact time frame. Of right before E3 and eleven. Okay, right before. Okay, and then pretty much you can create your own game. So it gives you the ability to create different assets and then how to make things jump or move. It like gives you all the little different actions and keys. Like, you, like you're seeing in the video, you kind of just drag your finger and kind of connect different elements to do what you want them to do. And then you're able to create your own games and even upload them online, download other people's creations and that's what I was kind of saying. It's almost like a spiritual successor to Memorial Maker, but you're just making the whole game this time. You're not just building a single level. You're making an entire game. So if you ever want to dabble into game development, I'm sure this would be a 
pretty good starting piece to kind of see how it's done and go through the process of what it takes to create different types of games, like different platformers or adventure, whatever you'd want to create. Nice. I don't know what you guys thought of this announcement or eager to pick it up or whatnot. Yeah. Barry, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think. I love things like this. I love any type of game that gets people creating. And I'm I'm a creative person. Sometimes I don't do the best with these, even these type of things. But I know there's people with far greater creative minds than myself. And some of the creations that they've come up with are amazing. You know, RPG Maker, you know, Mario Maker, this, you know, I love to see what people do. Little Big Planet, you know, because some people are just so cool with what they, and wild, how they're able to uh, come up with things I never thought would would be. And this kind of reminds me of like Nintendo's Little Big Planet, because Little Big Planet let you do all these different types of stuff. And uh, I love the amount of creativity. And they're smart. They're giving us a physical. They won't give us a physical Famicom Detective Club, but they're giving us this physically, which is weird because if, if anything, you would think this is more of a digital title and Famicom would be a, a physical, but whatever. They're giving us a physical. That's great. Uh, I, I think this is fantastic. This is a very Nintendo thing to do. This is very out of left field. This is also another kind of shadow drop like Paper Mario was last year. Which is kind of weird because they went back to directs. I guess they because this came the next direct is E3. They're like, ah, oh, we don't have any presentation to throw this in. Throw it out there. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, more not so much to play, more to see what people create and to play other people's creations. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope they are very supportive of the community because I have seen some kind of backlash how Nintendo doesn't really support their creators in the community, especially like Mario Maker. How they patch things out that people find and it's like, Oh, it wasn't intended to be used that way. So we're going to patch that out. So hopefully there's none of those kinds of things where like, people might make a really cool game using something. And then you'll find out like, Oh, we made a mistake in the app. Let's patch the app and boom, like, the game is basically taken down. So I really hope that they wouldn't come to this, but you never really know what these kind of creation games, because it's really playing around with all the different elements that you're given and you might find something really cool, but then here comes uh, Nintendo with their little hammer, and it's like, oh, nope, we're taking that one down. So really hope that this game doesn't experience that because that can really destroy the community and will deter people from wanting to play the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I I am also more into this for for to see where, where people are going to take this. Um, because I think it's cool. It does have a lot of elements that you can use in, in as you learn how to develop. And I think this is going to be great for beginning developers, uh, especially kids that are really interested in like, I want to make my own video game and who knows they, they may really, uh, learn a ton from this and, and make some of their own games and then become the developers of of the games in the future that we that we are playing and talking about on this podcast um and that's that's really cool that uh it seems so easy to just pick up and and try and check it out um it's it's not for me like uh i this this stuff intrigues me but at this point in my life um it's not a direction that i want to go it's not something i want a skill that i want to learn um but if i was like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. 
oh my gosh, I would have been all over this. This would have been really cool. Um, so I'm I'm also really excited to see what people put together um, because you can, yeah, use the the built-in assets and everything, but then it looks like you can also create your own assets. And so, you know, where are they going to take this uh, and everything? The one thing that I do wish that they had, and I don't know if they're going to have it or not, but you can share your creations, the games that you, you create with your friends. But I think it's only if you also have the application yourself. So I don't think, uh, cause I know like RPG creator or RPG maker, you can share it because there's a free download to just allows you to play those games. I don't, they've not at least talked about something like that here. That would be cool if they had that. Um, cause I don't know if I want to spend this money just to be able to play other people's and that sounds weird, but, but only because that money's not going to those developers. If, if there was a way for me to like benefit, like these brand new indie developers that are learning how to create games because of of game garage or or what's it called yeah game builder garage like that'd be cool if i could benefit them in some way but if all i'm doing is is giving nintendo money for this just to play their games i don't know i think i'd rather get a free application and be able to toss some to some money to some other person out there who's making these cool games but maybe that's asking way too much um but that's that's what i thought of when when i heard about this but it is really really cool i don't know you guys have any further thoughts but based on that, that would be text cool. blurb it seems like you if you're savvy enough with like a web developer you might be able to like say like oh if you want to play my garage builder game you can give me five dollars and then i can share the code with you to play the game so i guess technically you could do something like that. I don't know. How, I'm sure Nintendo would absolutely hate that idea because they'd rather be like, oh, you just... <laughs> they'd probably shut it down. <clears throat> but I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's are things like Nookazon for Animal Crossing where you just buy items with real money and such like that. So it's still thriving as well. So I guess you could technically go that route with this and build your own creations and technically sell download code for other people. I mean, I don't know how well it's be restricted because obviously if you have, if it's just the game is just a single code, then you could still send it to all your friends and they would have the game that you bought from somebody else. So it's probably not <laughs> the best avenue with that, but I don't know. It definitely is a very interesting idea and I really like the content creation type games as I've explored through Mario Maker through the podcast and it definitely seems like something to just kind of see what interested to see what people do with it. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're they're they keep going in this direction of putting tools in the hands of of the gamers um, and uh, see see what sticks. I mean, they've done this with Mario Maker, of course, and then Labo was uh, was a little bit of that as well. Um, but yeah, to be able to jump into this like fully into this, um, I'm really interested to to see. See what's going to be 30 bucks on July 11th or sorry, June 11th. Um, yeah. Barry, any, any final thoughts before we move on? No, I think this is, like I said, this is very Nintendo. This is something out of left field and uh, this hopefully does better than Mario Maker 2. And uh, it's one of those things where it may be the very game we need in 2021 and Nintendo knows it better than we do. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Who knows what's going to come out of that? Uh, yeah. So, um, Barry, there's uh, some Evercade 
news that uh, we got going on. So tell us about what's going on in, in that world. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, there's a new console, it's not new now, it came out last year, called the Evercade. It is a handheld console that uses cartridges, physical cartridges, and the unique thing about these cartridges is it's not one game. The, the lowest is two games, um, but most of them are compilations up to 20 games. And they just announced this year that there's the new Evercade versus home console coming out. It is coming out in November 2021. So the pre-orders will start in May, May 28th. So in 10 days from this time. Um, what's really cool about it is it plays all Evercade games that exist. That are You can already buy those Evercade games. They all play. There's actually two cartridge slots. And if you put in two cartridges that have 20 games each, all 40 games will be displayed. You can just pick and choose what you want to play. Uh, you can actually use your Evercade handheld system as a controller. And there's going to be multiple packages for the Evercade. It's HDMI, and they like the it's around $100, which is very cheap for a console. You think like, oh, this is going to be another two, $300. It's only going to be $100. Again, it plays all the games except, and there's an except, there's the Namco collections. For whatever reason, they do not have the the uh, license to have the Namco games on, on console only handheld. So unfortunately, you can't play the Namco games. Really weird. Hopefully they get that worked out before launch. But up to four players can play. So you can get some classic games and play, you know, play them not only better because it's more powerful, but also, you know, multiplayer, which is impossible to do on a, on a handheld. And there's some really really cool titles if you haven't checked it out a lot of great compilations that are already out there and some new stuff and one of the games for example um is we did an industry talk with the uh really awesome guy uh who, who did a game called quest arrest for the game boy well that game they re reached out to him and he's porting it to the evercade in color the only version in color and it's going to be in an, in an indie game there's an indie game compilation coming out with a bunch of indie titles and that's so cool like there's a lot of love to you know indie developers so not only are you getting classic games from atari you know namco uh there's intellivision there's uh coming out there's interplay you get the earthworm gym games you you know you data east you know bad dudes some really cool titles um you get some new indie stuff tanglewood xeno crisis are on there as well uh, and this this whole thing is is a hundred dollars for this system and uh, there's already there's going to be a 20 cartridges total by the end of this year. And again, each, each of them has more than two, two games minimum. Most of them have close to 20 titles. That's there's like 280 games playable on this system already. And the cartridges are cheap. They're like $25 a cartridge. So it's not even like breaking the bank on this thing. It's a really cool system. Came out in Europe, but it's you know playable here. All the games are in English. Um, so what do you guys think of this? Because I don't know if this is your first time even hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd heard about Evercade, but I really haven't, hadn't looked into it. Um, I think actually I thought it was one of those other, like the emulator kind of, um, systems that plays like all the NES games and the SNES games and that kind of thing is what I, I think when I, when I heard of Evercade, I thought it was that kind of a, of a system and, um, and, so this is this is cool for sure. Um, 
I think at this point, like in my life, I'm like, I don't know if I, I want another system that's playing like kind of retro kind of games um, or retro games themselves. But uh, but it's cool. Definitely. And uh, I think that lower price is is really great for for people that want to jump in. But, I don't know. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it'd be something really cool to have, but I don't know if it's really worth it for me at this time. I mean, I still have my NES and SNES and a lot of the arcade games that were put on those systems. And I know there's probably quite a number of games that I've never even played. But I just don't know if I'll have the time to really want to spend on older games. I mean, I might try to see about supporting it, but I don't know at this point in time if that's something I'll be diving into but it does seem really cool and it would be definitely a great thing to get I don't know if it's for me <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah that's so Barry you got it already pre-ordered yeah uh, it's not pre-ordered yet, May 28th, but I do plan to. I have the Evercade collection. I really enjoy it. Uh, like I said, there's there's not a lot of games in terms of physical because there's a lot of compilations, um, but they're really cool. And speaking, you know, Greg, you mentioned Arcade. Uh, in that trailer, if you saw that, that Steve played, all the game spines are red, except at the end there was a purple one. And a lot of us were wondering, what is that purple? What is that? And they, they teased, oh, you're going to find out. Well, we found out today, actually, um, they announced that those purple are actually for arcade versions. So the games that came out are like the NES versions, the Atari versions, stuff like that. But these, now they announced four arcade packs of the actual arcade versions of games. Uh, there's the Technos pack, the Data East pack, the Gaelco pack, or Jailco pack actually, and, and Atari. And these packs contain the arcade versions of a lot of these games that we did play on the, the NES. We never got the arcade versions. And this is cool to see them take these classic games and now bringing them onto the verses, but they also play on the handheld. So you get all these great arcade games now in the palm of your hands where back in the day you had to go to Pizza Hut to, <laughs> to play these games or you could play the versus version. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's cool to see how they're expanding this library and really using that power and, and what type of you know, things they're adding. I don't know if you know, these type of things excite you because you mentioned you have an NES and an SNES, but these games aren't on those systems or at least not these versions. Yeah. 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 I was it the Wii U that had like the arcade games going to it, or was that Switch? I don't remember. I remember like there's like a Switch has arcade Mario archives. Brothers like, arcade archive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have played Double Dragon like numerous times, both on the arcade and on NES, and I don't know, do I need another <laughs> version of it? But I don't know. That's why I said it could be a nice silly thing to have or just something I don't really have a ton of time for. So I don't know. It'd be really cool to have, but mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the arcade stuff actually it excites me more than the other games. Um just because of the the fact of like being able to have those um right here in my house um, and not having to buy, you know, the, the cabinets and, you know, having them take up you know tons of space and, and my house or whatever. And so, yeah, actually if they, if they came out with uh TMNT two or uh, turtles in time, uh, maybe I, maybe I pick that up <laughs> and then I'd, you know, send one send to, copy to Greg to as well. So you can play it too. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's uh yeah this this is really cool and and i love i i do love the the arcade um the announcements that's that's pretty cool and that's that's definitely up my alley uh would it be enough to to get me to purchase it probably not but uh but if they keep going that direction they may eventually convince me so i guess we'll see i think with i think the price is is good and it's also you know you talk about the big three uh, it's very hard for a lot of other smaller companies to get in and, and there's so many other companies outside of the big players that most people haven't even heard of and i've always been a champion of the underdogs as much as i love nintendo just because i think it's really cool to see someone like hey i'm gonna try and if you ask somebody if you said to somebody oh i'm gonna try to make a console in 2021 uh to compete not even to compete but just to put out there a lot of people be like uh no or what you're gonna get is you're gonna get something like analog or retron where it's just clone consoles that play older systems but to pay its own proprietary media its own cartridges even if it is older games and some newer games um but to get some exclusives and to get these collections and and big names that that takes a lot, you know, and to to make it affordable and to actually make it a, a realistic thing, in especially with, with COVID, hasn't helped. But to just go out there, um, I think you know, hats off to them. They're they're super nice people. They're always on social media, and you know what? They're making their dream a reality, and that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, it's interesting too. Like, the more that stuff happens, you know, to to take the Nintendo slant on it, like how much. What will that do to Nintendo or the the other companies um, as well? Uh, Sony and Microsoft, as they look at like, oh wow, like people are interested in this. Okay, what should we do? Um, should we be catering to that to that audience as well? Does that mean we get better games on the NES and the SNES Online? Um, do we also, um, you know, bring out you know our mini versions of our NES and SNES, but we also um, make it where you can add you can play new games for it? Like what else? What else is there that that the big three will be able to take from this, and what will we see in the future? You know, as they as they see the success of of systems like this but uh yeah i guess ah, we'll see it'd be nice if nintendo will take a hint because they like their brother scalpers and resellers get all their profits and we sell some of their old games so i definitely think that'd be a better avenue for them to pursue with some of those harder to find games like earthbound and other stuff like that and their arcade games like arcade punch out and donkey kong and Mario Brothers can all be on there as well. So mm -hmm. I would definitely welcome something that has a lot of their older games on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps up our, our big news discussion for this episode, but uh, we've got several headlines to to move through just to make sure that you guys know what's going on in the world of Nintendo specifically uh, and a little bit in the, the overall video game space. So, uh, Greg, how about you kick us off and tell us about uh, this new uh, uh, piece of uh, Lego stuff with Nintendo? Well, I know our dear friend Hassan will be glad to know that the, the Lego Mario series is not dead. Um, right now, well, maybe Mario might be dead because he was killed in the trailer. But <laughs> we now welcome uh, Lego Luigi, and um, he will be coming out in August. So you can get his pack that comes with like, a pink Yoshi and also the Boom Boom enemy that's been shown in a wide variety of games these days, like 3D World and whatnot so if you're looking to expand your lego set like Hussin, then you'll be happy to know that you can get these new sets starting on august 1st nice 
in other news, it was a direct that happened after the last podcast for Monster Hunter. There was a digital event in April from Capcom, and we got a brand new trailer for Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, which showed returning characters, two specifically from the first game, which is really cool to see, a brief overview of the strategic overhaul to the turn-based combat system, and a bunch of other cool little things. On top of that, pre-orders for that are now open, including the Collector's Edition, which is actually probably sold out at this point. It appears to be exclusive to GameStop. The other Amiibo for this that game, unfortunately, are GameStop exclusive, and there are no pre-orders. So when that game comes out, if you want those Amiibo, um, you'll unfortunately have to go there and uh, get lucky. Uh, on top of that, they also showed a brand new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise with a new update, which happened later that day, that included a host of new monsters for the hunters to battle, new gear to craft, the ability to forge layered armor, and they unlocked the hunter rank cap. Nice, nice. Uh, we also got an update for a game that uh, we, I don't think, uh, saw coming at all. Um, Super Mario Party got, got a free update, uh, guys. That, that game still exists. Um, apparently, Nintendo didn't forget about it. Uh, there was a uh, version 1.1.0 update uh, almost three years after the original game came out. And this update specifically updated uh, kind of a, I'd say it's a COVID update, essentially. Because, um, you know, we can't get maybe we can actually hang out and play video games in person now, but uh, for a long time, you know, the last 14 months, we haven't been able to do that. So you can uh, have a partner play and the classic Mario uh, party board game online. So that's the, that's the big addition that came to this game uh, through this update was uh, online update. So you can actually play super Mario party online with your friends uh i think you can also play with random people but you probably won't want to do that because someone backs out of the game it crashes and you start all over again but hey you can play mario party online going back to new events that are coming up on may 26 has another item added to its uh docket and that is uh dragon quest 35th anniversary stream so at 8 30 p.m pacific time is uh, pretty much towards the end of the day for any part of the world, which might be closer to the 27th for most people, I guess. Um, they're going to be, for the first time in their history, they will be doing a Dragon Quest stream with international translation. So everyone around the world will be able to see the latest updates regarding the Dragon Quest series. So pretty much they said that the latest information on different title, on a, some titles will be released. So is that Dragon Quest 12? Is that or remasters or new side stories, we won't know until the 26th of May. Nice. Speaking of more presentations, uh, as we know, E3 is coming out uh, very shortly and uh, very excited to see what June holds for E3. And one of the big players that usually shows up at E3 and has a presentation is none other than EA. And last year when E3 was canceled, EA did have an EA Play Live that took place around E3 time. I, I found it very successful. We talked about it here. So naturally, EA Play is coming back this year. Um, it just seems that EA doesn't want to be a part of E3 nor want to be even in the same month as E3. <laughs> so it was decided that July 22nd is the date that their next EA Play Live is going to happen. So I guess 
E3 is too big for them now or they're or not big enough. I don't know. But save the date if you're interested in to see the latest from EA. July 22nd is the date to save. Nice. Uh, I got a question. Uh, were you guys ever into Pokemon, uh, the card game at all? Well, only when it came out. And when it came out? Greg, uh, did, you, did you know that there was a card game before the video game? <laughs> I... Didn't know Actually, it was a I card game before. But. Yeah, I'd never really played uh, the card game because obviously I just jumped into the series yeah. very recently. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to get your Pokemon cards at Target anymore. You're going to have to uh, buy them somewhere else. Uh, the Verge and several others have reported that uh, Target has decided to not carry Pokemon cards anymore after some incidences that happened uh <laughs> throughout the u.s uh starting on uh may 14th you're not going to be able to uh to get any pokemon cards at target anymore there's some some fighting that happened uh fighting over cards i had no idea that uh pokemon cards were that hard to come by that they would cause fights but uh apparently it's happened and uh and target said they don't want any of that they don't want any part of that and so they've just decided you know the way to stop fights is just stop selling pokemon cards so if you want to get pokemon cards you're going to have to go somewhere else and the switch has now cracked a, a new milestone since our last podcast it now is the nintendo's fourth best selling console that includes both handhelds and home consoles. It just passed the Game Boy Advance. So um, over the <coughs> last thing, uh, the sales have jumped at least like 21 some million units that ended at the March 2020. And pretty much that they look like they're going to be um, figuring a, another match of the amount of sold for the next uh, fiscal year as well. So um there's a potentially a Switch Pro that obviously could lead into this could help further the sales further. But um, yeah, great job, uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, taking spot number four on Nintendo's uh, sales list. Nice, nice. Where will they stop? Well, probably depends if this uh, actual like Switch Pro and Switch Two or Super Switch or whatever ends up coming out. I guess. But uh, new right Nintendo now. Switch Super Pro. <laughs> That's right, new Nintendo Switch Super Pro. Yep, two. <laughs> uh, but we uh, use sixty-four DS. <laughs> That's right. All the above. Uh, So that's the headlines. That's the news. uh, That's what's been happening over the last month. Um, Before we get into talking about what we are going to be playing and what games are going to be coming out over the next couple weeks, I just want to remind you once again, if you have not followed us on social media, be sure to do that. And uh, you can find us at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also, uh, of course, join our Discord. We'd love for you to join uh, the discussion in between episodes episodes uh we absolutely love chatting games with you guys so if you haven't done that uh you'll see the link on the screen if you're watching the video version of this on youtube but you can also find it in the show notes uh on the on your podcast uh, apps and services as well uh speaking of which if you haven't liked the podcast the the video version on youtube you haven't subscribed you haven't shared this with other people um this is a chance to do that um also if you haven't left us a positive review like on itunes or whatever podcast app you use that's just 
our, our request to you just do that for us because that helps us to be kind of rise up to the top of, of the charts a little bit. Um, not because we want to be whatever, but it just helps other people find the podcast. So when you leave a positive review that helps other people find it in addition to how you share this with other people. So, um, if you enjoy what you've been hearing, watching on the podcast, um, that's just a, a little bit, a little bit of a way that you can help us, um, continue to do this for you guys. You can also actually, we don't do this very much, but we're going to plug our merch. Um, you can buy merch actually, uh, with Nintendo Fuse, uh, logos and, and stuff on it. So if you head to nintendofuse.com, uh, you'll see the merch link there and, uh, you can buy yourself a t-shirt. Um, and we got some other things as well. Um, mugs and even, even some stuff for your dog. So, uh, make sure you check that out as well. If you'd like to, uh, support us here in Nintendo Fuse, um, I'll, of course, everything we do here is free, but if you want to give back, those are, those are some ways to, to be able to do that, both some free ways. And also if you want to throw us, um, a little bit of, of money, we won't say no to it, um, at all. Uh, but, uh, let's talk about what we've been, uh, what's going to be not what we have been, what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks until the next podcast episode on June 1st. Um, there's a, there's a few games coming out. I'm going to scroll some on the screen right now. Uh, some of the notable ones that you'll see are Metopia coming out on May 21st. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remastered comes out on May 24th. World's End Club on May 28th. Uh, Wonder Boy Asha in uh, Monster World comes out on May 28th. Um, but uh, yeah, several other games that uh, maybe will stand out to you as you're watching the video version. You'll see all the all those uh, streaming on the screen. Um, but uh, Barry, what any of these games that uh, that are coming out over the next uh, couple of weeks uh, stand out to you? You're hopefully uh, going to be playing over the next couple of weeks. I tell you, I've been spoiled by these weeks of nothing that it's like, all right, I can work on what I want to work on because this is a hell of a week or a hell of a couple of weeks. Um, Metopia, you know, I never got a chance to play it on the 3DS. Uh got me Tensei 3 Nocturne. Uh, really want to play that. World End Club. I, I am so excited for that game. And, and same with Wonder Boy. All of those are phenomenal games and and what sucks is I'm in the middle of doing Dank and Rampa. So I am trying to finish two. Um, and I've got Final Fantasy 14, a brand new patch with new content coming next week, which is what I'm planning for that week. And I don't know if I'll take a break from Dank and Rampa to maybe do World's End Club uh, and then go back to Dank and Rampa V3 and uh, another story or another episode. Or I'll say I'm putting everything on hold and, and just you know, plow through, but that might push things back, especially with E3 right around the corner. I don't know. It's so much, so many games to play, so little time, but what an amazing week. And I'm sure you're all looking at me like, those games don't interest me at all. You have terrible taste, but oh, I'm sorry, I'm excited for those games, even though I'm probably not going to get to play them right away. Nice. Nice. Greg, how about you? Uh, probably not uh, too much from this list, unfortunately. Um, I didn't Maybe Topia the first time around. I don't think it still quite sold me yet. So um, I think there is a demo that I might actually end up having to check out just to make sure that I follow that through. Um, but with that Dragon Quest stream coming up, it's really making me want to play the second and third installment. Also, I had also downloaded uh, a few months back. And then hopefully even jump back into 11, which... It's been sadly neglected since I got it. So um, I barely made it very far in there. And I feel really bad that I haven't got to enjoy that latest uh, 
adventure. So probably nothing new from this list. It's more diving into the games I'm putting off. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I've been I went back and forth on Metopia quite a bit. I I still don't know how I feel about it overall. Um, but I'm glad I do have the demo. Um, so I will be checking out the demo for sure. And uh, I'm glad that that I can check it out and and see what it's all about. Um, I don't know if it's going to be my thing or not, but we'll see. Um, the other games, yeah, probably won't be checking them out. Um, I did see Knockout City is also coming out for free on the the May twenty first, so I'll probably be checking out because it's free. Um, the game That's seems you're up your alley, anyways. Yeah, but it also seems so dumb though too. Like it may be maybe something I enjoy, but it also is like eh, I don't know. We'll see. But again, it's free, so. I'm all for checking out free games um, for sure. <laughs> like you give it to me for free, I'll I'll definitely check it out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the rest of the games on the list, um, I don't know. I I think I, I do. I, I am intrigued by World's End Club. I don't think it's going to be something I play, but I I think it's it's going to be something I'll look into. I'm I'm interested to see what you think about it, Barry, um, for sure. And and it might be one of those games that kind of like after you get some time with it i'll talk to you about it and say hey what'd you like what'd you not like and uh and if you really enjoy it it might be something i pick up later down the road um but it's not gonna be something that i that i jump on right away um yeah um looks like uh jakester is also gonna be playing some more xenoblade and maybe get back to dragon quest 11 um yeah if you haven't let us know what you're hoping to play in the the chat be sure to do that also let us know in the comments later uh we'd love to to hear what you guys are are hoping to play and we can chat about those in our uh our discord and and social media as well um like we said earlier love to to chat about all that stuff you're playing uh in there so uh yeah other than other than that I'm not doing uh, a whole lot. Oh, looks like Jaster says there's also a, a demo for World's End Club. So yes, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be playing a whole bunch of free games and demos over the next couple of weeks. Uh, says might as well check them all out. So thanks, Jaster. I didn't realize there was uh, the demo for that. So um, yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll check that out as well. Um, I, I, I've said it before. I, I wish they would do some sort of demo for pretty much every game. I, I would I would check them all out. Um, at least a lot more games out than that I normally would. Um, and uh, it's probably convinced me because there's only so much you can get from like a video. Um, you know, you get some hands on with the games. So City uh, so talked about it in Discord. So cool. yeah. another another plug to join our Discord. And uh, yes, we yeah. did. Cool. With all those well, demo discussion, I completely forgot about the two demos that I played at the beginning of the podcast. So, the tri- uh, the yeah, strategy that, demo. Man, we've, we've talked about so much. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. You, yeah, but I wasn't going to dive into it. I was just saying I was yep. playing two demos. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of episode 229. Uh, we'll be back on June 1st uh, for a live recording of episode 230 where we're going to be uh of course talking about what we've been playing and 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 jump into uh an additional game chat um barry you want to give us a, a little little hint about what we're gonna be, be talking about next next time or we're gonna keep it a secret uh, i mean i i can talk about it that's no big deal um so uh last episode i did uh, a game called uh, legend of talia arcadia uh, which uh, the developers have reached out to me and they had their follow-up <laughs> game which is called Sakura Succubus, and uh, that that came out 
and they actually reached out to me again today that there's a sequel, Sakura Succubus 2. So my plan is to play both of those games for next episode and uh, do a game chat for both of those uh, episodes. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so we'll be wrapping up and um yeah we'll be back on june 1st uh before we uh do that any any final thoughts greg anything that you know you're looking forward to doing or playing or anything anything we want to say before we wrap up uh, pretty much i'll just be looking forward to playing more dragon quest and maybe you guys didn't hear me but i did play like triangle strategy and uh balan underworld demos when we were talking about all those demos, so... Oh, God, um, what did you think of Battle yeah, Wonderworld? I, I gotta hear this quickly. It, yeah, it was not very good at all. Um, I don't like having to change through the different movesets, like, on the fly, and if you die, and lose the moveset, and you might want to keep it, and... I don't know. It seemed like a pretty bad version of the Collectathon. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think everyone needs to play that demo. Just I totally forgot about it. Um, I was going to play it. I, I th actually, I think I talked about it on the last uh, podcast, and I was like hoping to play it, and I totally forgot about it. So maybe I will. Maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Barry. Uh, anything else coming up that you want to talk about before we wrap up today? Uh yeah. So uh, as as for those of you that know that I am uh, part of Premium Edition Games, and we. Uh, we have uh, two of our games out. Our first two titles are out. And uh, our, our retro and deluxe versions of, of our second game, Pigeon Dev Game Collection, should be out um, shortly. Uh, so hopefully people who order that will get them. But we do have a special announcement coming soon, which will most likely be out before our next podcast. So we will I will talk about it uh, on the next podcast. But let's say stay tuned to our social media because we do have something really cool to uh, show off. And I think people are going to really like it. Nice. Nice. Cool. Um, looks like we're, we may have some issues on YouTube. I don't really know, but uh, we'll see. Uh, everything's good on our end. So uh, if you're having issues at the, here at the end, uh, it's okay because we're wrapping up anyway. Um, but if you, if you do have some issues, uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch it later. You can log back on and, and watch the recorded version or, uh, or download the audio as well. But uh, yeah, that brings us to an ep end of episode 229. Like we said, we'll be back live on June 1st uh, to be able to, uh, to talk about a lot more E3 stuff. Uh, there's, there's going to be a ton to cover. So uh, get ready for that, and uh, we'll be back on June 1st. But until then, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah.